0: Starting off the year right, every year I like to save something special to begin with. January 1, fresh cup of coffee, coming into the Shaping Bay with something to tackle. It's usually tr- triple redwood stringer guns or something special, something that's going to live on. A challenging project and there was nothing more fitting than the request by Denga Dowskis to it's, pay tribute to a Hawaiian Olo design and apply some modern aesthetics, get some influence and input along the way from some Joe Quick paddle boards we had observed and studied and, yeah, stumbled across things as we designed and the best part of this was drawing outlines and imagining things, making making notes for months and months before actually picking up the planer, figuring out the blanks to put together and so on and so forth. So, starting the year right First board of the year, as Dane calls it, the mothership. He has a conversation with Dane about the intentions behind the design and the sensations he's feeling since. It's just like set up
1: on a wood thing that you built here, right? I yeah, I'm trying to
0: keep it all tight, so I've got it all nice. in this little flat case that you're sitting on, mm, and then. Nice. There we go. I think we're good. Yeah. A cup so. Of coffee. Yeah. Thanks for coffee. Um, little hydroflask action. Yeah. Ooh, a, hydro. So, so, so we're rolling. Yeah, we're rolling. It's 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 all it's all part of the deal. When, um, when you first thought of this idea, and now you've experienced it with a f- bunch of waves and days under your belt, how dissimilar was the experience versus the initial? concept within your mind because I think everything blends up being what it is but how close to what you imagined this would be has it become um I mean for the viewers or the listeners
1: <laughs> you can't view sound waves can you but uh yeah Donald shaped me a 13 11 and a half inch surfboard and uh it really came from some thoughts I'd had been I found an old board um in the landfill around home, uh, an old longboard from like the 60s, tiki shape, huge belly on it, so slow, so heavy, big old, I think it's a D-fin, I'm not too well versed on it, but, and the thing just rode so um, slow, but I had so much fun riding these tiny little waves at Santa on it, and it opened my mind to going, oh my gosh, like this isn't an easy board to ride, but yet, look at all this kind of new information that's opening up in front of me, how to ride it, how to position it. And then all of a sudden, when you understand how that board works in certain waves, and then it starts working good, right? And that, that, to me, opened my mind up to go, okay, um, totally get out of conventional norms, you know, for myself, you know, growing up as a thruster surfer and getting into twin fins and, you know, aesthetics. What's it look like compared to what it rides like? so that kind of journey kind of opened my mind up to go (laughs) i don't care what it looks like i don't i'm not trying to fit into any sort of conventional mold on it i just want to have it float me and move forward on a wave face and that's all the information that i'll be needing and then that will be the avenue to which you grow through so in hawaii um this past year at a duct tape festival um, Chris um, Gentile from Pilgrim Surf Shop. He found this old Joe Quick paddle board, and it, I can't remember how long it was. Maybe twelve, like plus twelve plus. You know, maybe like something in the twelves foot long, and it was beautiful and it was super weird. And I remember Nathan was surfing it, Fletcher and Joel took it out for a couple of waves, and I'm like, wow, that was that was weird looking. And before going, we had always talked about those Olo shapes, I think I, I hit you up before going to Hawaii about, you know, looking into something um, really traditional style. And you said you were fascinated with the concept of the the traditional style, but you wanted to incorporate some, some modern elements and um, shaping kind of philosophies. So when we came back from Hawaii, I'd seen the the um, Joe Quigboard at that point, And I was like, wow, that was, that was beautiful looking. And that looked really long and cool. And I wanted something for Sano. Traditionally, just a really mushy long wave. Um, and so we got in here and then uh, Jeff Quam serendipitously had a Joe Quig paddle board for uh, something that they were doing at the Surfing Heritage was it? Right, yeah. And, and so he had it here in the shaping bay and we were looking at it. and that one was how big
0: that board I believe it was 12, six 12, three, maybe i have it in my notes but it wasn't crazy long but mm-hmm. yeah traditionally used for
1: prone paddle boarding a prone board yes and and i don't know it was just something fascinating it was a definitely weird outline compared to what you see traditionally for me the wide point was very towards the tail and it just accelerated way out there and the nose kind of looked like a weird tongue depressor <laughs> but it it was fascinating to me um and I, yeah, so it was super fun to work with you on kind of combining those kind of concepts and with modern, you know, equipment with foam and you glued the, the blanks together. And I mean, that's how we came into having those conversations. Basically, it was, it was an evolution of like discovering things that are hard to ride, provide potentially this beautiful opportunity to learn about surfing in a way that I previously had never known.
0: So... Those ideas versus what we made, how close did it match How close that, did it match? Or, or is it something different? It ma-
1: it yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. Like, dude, like I tell you, like when I was waxing it up, it took me an hour because it was freaking 14 feet almost. Me and dad put on the Alice summer soundtrack, and maybe there's something to appreciating the uh, the experiment. Um, the experiment and the experience as much as, um, the shape, you know, but it rode super, I guess, I don't even know what, how you can't even envision what you think it's going to ride. Like, and that was a fun part to me. It was like, I don't even care what this thing rides. Like, I'm going to ride it. And that's the purpose of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to learn how to ride this board and understand it and not try and like control this thing or make it surf differently. It's going to show me something. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted to stand on a piece of giant foam, move forward on a little kinetic energy moving towards shore. That, that's all I cared about. And somewhere in that journey, it'll teach me something. And that's what it did. So it rode easier than I expected. <laughs> so you did good, Donna. But uh, yeah, that was kind of why I wanted
0: it, you know, like that. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I I I guess selfishly wanted to not hear that the board worked, but hear what your intentions were and then how through design we can look back, glance forward and then create immediately. And to me the demands on that craft were very clear and obviously the length dictated what things should be, but the locker the rocker is so low clearly However, the rail shape dictates what the water will do. I'm telling it what to do by the, mm-hmm. by the sort of corkscrew effect of the up to down rail and then down throughout with a subtle, de- uh, a subtle double. But knowing how long that board is and how much water you were telling which path to take and how little you could do to change that just by virtue of its length and not being able to overpower it, Was going to be the board would either work every wave and give you a chance to ride it, or it would hydrodynamically do its thing, which was impossible to control or undesirable to sensation. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's so much. If when you think about it, when you actually are riding the board and there's, you know, eight feet of foam in front of you, right, when you're paddling into a wave you're imagining a lot can probably go wrong with between the hydrodynamics of the water and the curvature of the wave face. There's like a lot of room for, you know, grabbing and like i at imagine, but then too, it just challenges you to, okay, that paddling technique didn't work, right? Paddling perpendicular to the beach. Maybe we got to be parallel to the shore. And then now you're learning something. And then now the board's working when previously it wasn't working. So, I mean, I love in your potential as a shaper, you would have people go, this board just doesn't work. Do you think boards just don't work? I mean, you have a scientific background, so you would understand the science of working, right, in quotations, working like functionally well or performing well. But do you think that boards just don't work? I mean, I think you can almost... I don't want to say make all boards work because I feel like I've had bad boards, but maybe they're bad for me. I, it,
0: uh, yeah, I, I hate to disparage any design. And I think in small surfboards or performance boards, the rider's ability and application of skill can be mismatched on a design. So maybe that board doesn't work for somebody, but it's still a good board. I think it's true, and I stand by that. But once you get into... This longer realm, I think the concept of essentially it's naval architecture, you know, the, the design of a craft, you'll see it in sailing. Like some production race boats are faster or better than others. Mm-hmm. And so at, at at some point when you're able to control a craft less and it's fitting within a wet surface, there are things that are right or wrong or working cohesively or not. And that's why I always like to look at a board as the cohesive elements. And with the asymmetry especially, like you can't break the rules without still maintaining a cohesion between them. So at that length, things could be wrong. I guess that makes sense when you
1: consider a sailboat. I mean, I'm sure at speed boats we get out of control, can't handle the speed if they're not designed appropriately.
0: Yeah, you design things for the speeds at which you wanting them to perform well and then be able to be controlled or essentially trimmed. So uh, and I think a lot of, a lot of times in surfing you look at what's next and these crazy far out way left field ideas, which are great. A lot of times I don't think we're designing towards the speeds at which we are surfing, which essentially are very slow. And I, and I do feel that the zero to three or four miles an hour, those initial squirt, start, stop speeds, that's where every board will go from zero to something. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of times we anticipate them going faster than we generally do, even when you feel like you're surfing fast. So, you know, Surfing within the lower speed realms is where those magical magical boards need to perform there and potentially beyond, yeah, <laughs> but especially a long board like this long in the ten, in the sense of its length, it's um yeah there's a there's a pretty wide range of how fast the board will go and will begin to go, but that start speed was very very um. Well, it catches, like
1: once you, you take two paddles and it's up, the, the speed of, of, of motion forward is just like, whew, you just start accelerating like crazy, whether it's out of the you know impact zone and to a safe spot or when you're paddling into a wave, it's just like one, two, and then all of a sudden you're up to speed. And it's this fantastic, uh, like almost inertia. You feel like you're riding like a bowling ball that's like moving swiftly down a waxed floor. And all of a sudden, you just have to. You are along for the ride and aiming which pin you want to hit, <laughs> and hopefully, it's not a human being. That's why I like to surf with no one around. But
0: <laughs> yeah, and that—that that is the beauty of it. In 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 making something that you can surf waves that nobody else is either wanting to ride or can ride, and yeah, you can get out of the crowd. This is not a wave hog machine, which is obvious. Yeah, but yeah, the 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 beauty is in unlocking parts of of a beach or an ocean that are untapped. I think let's quickly, let's just as a summary, go over what we made. So the board was, the blank is connected together. There were two blanks I put together, a lighter weight in the front, heavier weight in the back. And I felt like the balance of the, swing weight's the wrong word, but it's, it describes it well, was where the density of the actual core of the board were, it was all polyester. So the board finished out at 13, 11 and a half inches, the widest point was nineteen and three quarters if I'm remembering yeah. right. Nineteen and three quarters wide, which was wider than I thought we were going to design. I know we spoke around eighteen and seven eighths, eighteen and three quarters. But when I was drawing the outline it just it needed a hip for you to be able to engage or lean onto one rail at a time, and that needed to be a little more pronounced, so it's not wide at all, but it's not wide for long is the biggest design element and as I said up to down rail and a hard edge for the last a good 36 inches last three feet there is a hard edge in the tail and really bladed and tapered out and I think that was something that we both agreed needed to be incorporated so yeah the board looks incredibly long it's only three inches thick if I'm remembering right I'll pull up those dimensions later but it's uh it's its foil is distributed both with weight and also shape from thick to thicker to thin to even thinner from nose to tail. So where the board was thick or thin was most important, and that was the funnest part to put together. So, yeah, that's what we made. I think the concept for me, and I know we discussed this at length, and I'd like to touch on it now from your point, was paying... Homage to the ancient Hawaiian craft and wanting to respect what they'd done, but to take those concepts and, with respect, look forward in terms of embrace the the feeling of those boards, but then take it to a more everyday usable, designable, creatable, in terms of polyester and foam and fiberglass, to today's standards and and perhaps look on from here. So, yeah, maybe touch on the inspiration of... Because I I know that (coughs) we... Spent a lot of effort trying to respect the Hawaiian traditions. Not that this is an ola, but the yeah. tip of the hat to the ola.
1: Well, I just I think you know, look, being a surfer, it's such a fantastic honor. You know, to be really um, honoring the Hawaiian, the Hawaiians that started surfing, the culture of surfing. Uh, that's where it all started, in my point of view. Um, and they just are—they're just beautiful people. And every time we go over to Hawaii. Um, we've had the opportunity to spend time with a lot of great Hawaiian people and, and they've opened their world up to us, you know, in that Aloha spirit and in Hawaii, you can just sit, you know, on the beach and feel the wind and see the mountains. And there's a natural energy there that you can't, I can't put into words. It's a, you get chicken skin when you feel it and the waves are gnarly. There's a real essence of the origins of why we have been called to surf these waves. I don't know how to describe it, but I feel every time I surf uh, a certain level of, uh, you know, just respect for the past of that, whether it's, you know, you're going out for a contest or anything. We're all connected to the origins of it, and it's, it's a really special thing to be a part of, you know, as surfers. And I think as things are swiftly moving forward with the wave storms and the Olympics and wave pools, it's like it's nice to look back and remember what brought us here. You know, there's a common feeling, there's a common thread there. And I think that's kind of really what spurred me to look back and go, you know, these guys were trying to experiment here. They were trying to do something that was different than they had done in the previous and they were trying to evolve a shape to give them a different feeling or something, right? They were trying to get different purposes out of boards. And that's just what we've all done, but in different styles as well. So the evolution of shaping kind of continues. But I wanted to kind of look backwards and um, just get into that spirit, you know? So that's where those giant shapes came from. And Santos is like our Waikiki. You know, it's insane. It's just such a beautiful wave when you really think about it. And we end up surfing there quite often um, because it's just right by our house and super easy. And I don't know. It just you look at how simple some of those old, they were just standing there on the waves and, and that's just beautiful, you know? And so I wanted to get there and I wanted to, you know, also encourage yourself to, to grow a shape it from your perspective. It doesn't mean that's like the only perspective that's should be followed or anything. That's the beauty of shaping. It's like, Hey, experiment this, chop this off. Who cares? You know, and maybe it'll lead us down to a road that works better than what worked in the past, or maybe it won't. It doesn't matter unless you're experimenting. Like you have to push it some direction. It doesn't matter if it's going forward or backward, it's moving, it's a living thing. And so that's why it was a really fun experiment. And that's why it was a fun journey. And like you you hear and you'd be like, dude, I got this thing glued together. It was like, yeah, like that's a cool. You know, we're 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 having fun in the in the process here. And really That's what those guys were doing, too. They're chopping down these wood things. And, you know, I love following CJ Kanuha on Instagram. He's from the Big Island. He's shaping these beautiful wooden traditional boards, and they're huge. And it's just such a beautiful tribute to the, the Hawaiian heritage. And I don't know. You know, I just think the more I've progressed in surfing and the older I've gotten, I just look back and I think how lucky we are to have such a fantastic heritage behind the culture of surfing and what that is. And so, yeah, that's why I was hitting you up. I've been like, the Ola is insane. And then I saw that paddleboard. I'm like, wow, okay, wow, that's a pretty cool blend and now you can ride that. That's interesting. And then what about how do you can blend these together and and you were like a, you know, the doctor that sewed the thing together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's where I came from. Does that make sense? It makes I mean, a lot of sense. Now that the world's hurling forward at like a rapid speed rate of just ah, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you're like, you almost have an identity crisis of surfing, right? You're like, am I, are we just a sport that's going, the sole purpose is just to be showcased to this broad audience, or is it like this beautiful culture that everyone who's behind, like, kind of came before us and and did it for the love, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does it get from point A to point way out here. And and I think it's our role as surfers to 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 ride that spectrum and understand each step of the way, I think, and honor the people that came before us, so whether it's radical, the rad bad dudes, you know, whether it's like the, you know, the the first very first ones or, you know, even acknowledging what's coming ahead of us too.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I mean, I don't the the rate at which surfing's growing is going to be obvious that there'll people be adopting it in countries and places and regions that it hasn't yet started. But it's clear that not everyone will know this history. And that's fine because surfing is so compelling that it will draw you in and send you forward. But it is nice to look back because we have that opportunity. That's true. I don't think preaching the tradition is something that we're trying to preserve. I think we're fortunate to be able to observe it, which is so beautiful. And, And I think looking back to move forward is the most logical thing and I think that's what we have in common as surfers no matter where you are riding a wave and I think the feeling of a board like this coming I like to say it comes through the board into your feet and your knees like it comes from the wave up through you the sensation of doing less and feeling more (laughs) is a good discipline no matter what you do and I don't know that this board would be something that would have fascinated you without having spent as much time as you have on a prone paddleboard Mm -hmm. like paddling for i mean when you're out there for hours and hours and you and you're watching the water flow over the nose and down the craft and you feel these subtle accelerations i i know that that's had a big part in both design for me but also for sensations for you i'm sure
1: yeah it has i mean you know we've done all the paddle races and take time paddling and it's so fun because then you start it's like meditating and then you're paddling and then Because you're breathing and then you're trying to match the rhythm of the the little chops. So you're trying to catch these little chops and it does actually. And then, like you said, there's like, you know, we started doing it for, you know, riding big waves because that's how, say, you have a 10 foot gun, it just, and you have a 12 foot prone paddleboard, all of a sudden the 10 foot gun feels smaller compared, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So instead of riding a six foot shortboard, jumping on a 10 foot gun, it would feel excessively long. Um, But yeah, it, it, The prone paddle thing has been a really great exercise. Um, And like you said before, really, yeah, the tradition of surfing is one thing. And we've together had so many great experiences. I mean, with the foundation, Positive Warriors Foundation, getting emerging surf cultures to surf for the first time. And those kids it doesn't matter anything that's coming before or anything after literally the only thing that matters is the feeling of joy that's on their face when they're standing up for the first time or not even standing up just feeling the energy of the waves for the first time and that is surfing and that will always be surfing so that's a really interesting point um sometimes the heritage is uh you don't have to worry about any of anything other than what's happening right under your feet which is the beautiful thing of surfing
0: yeah it helps you look back and know why it started in the first place i mean yeah. that opportunity to play in the sea is so important and and has been understood and also preserved and it's never going to go away it's great yeah. and that's why I think the, the foundation in the long term really is creating ocean advocates which mm-hmm. then can lead to more good than just the surfing but the role of protecting the sea and helping others and finding an outlet that cultivates that fascination that's that's the depth which is it's nice to think about you know can't measure it but it's happening
1: it is happening man it's it's awesome i think more and this is you know just my thought but i mean you can see such a beautiful healing um, benefits to just being in the ocean i mean you know you have a stressful day at work and you know maybe stuff's going on in your life and you go get out in the water and you feel you feel better yeah. you know feel a little bit more at ease and to see you go to these communities where the kids are dealing with some really hardcore issues Social issues, you know, gang violence, family issues, and seeing the ocean make an impact in their life. It's, it's you really appreciate just seeing it, you know.
0: Yeah. When we we look at this board, have you named it? I just call it the mothership because mm-hmm. it's like beat me up. You
1: feel like an alien when you're riding. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love you, it. You feel even weirder when you're walking down the beach with it. <laughs> Because everyone's just staring at you like, what?
0: It does look out of place, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: but I, I mean, I just try and get to the car, to the water as quick as possible. and <laughs> Keep my head down and just smile. And just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so It's so funny. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, how else do you describe it? It's the mothership. Dude, the thing is just big and beautiful.
0: So since writing this, I know you've been writing it a lot. I got to write it too. Thank you. And uh, yeah, the sensation was really good. Just get up don't try and do too much, be in the right place. And I think designing around knowing where you would be stationed, I like to think of it as a cockpit from which you could move forward if you needed to Mm -hmm. maybe take a half step back. It's not something that you cross-stepping throughout to make it trim out. There was generally a range in which you're gonna be standing and then designed around that, that hip especially. But have you gone back to short boards and had performance sessions since and is there any influence after writing that to the performance boards that you've found? I know the waves haven't been great, but I think you've done a couple trips.
1: Yeah, I think it, clearly, um, maybe it's just like, I, when I'm standing on, on the, the mothership, we'll just call it the mothership right now, but it's so fun. It's like, the balance exercise of it is so, um, I mean, it's such a um, delicate movement of balance and play and trying to set the trim and move with the board. And um, that has taught me a lot of just body awareness, I guess, and balance issues. Um, and I think that that translates, yeah, to riding the shortboard 100%. I think it's, uh, it's hard to describe. It's like the nuances, like it's subtle feedback that you're getting that you can kind of use in shortboarding that be like, Hey, uh, maybe I'm doing an air or a big carve or a floater, but it's just the subtle body awareness over the stringer of the board, um, that is beneficial. Uh, that's kind of what I've found. It's kind of just, for me, it's like a, it's, it's maybe like these tiny little fiber, you know, muscles in your body or, or maybe like, um, muscle memory of just movement that I think is beneficial. Does that make
0: sense? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm asking this question, trying to understand design and basically technique, and I've seen the concentration. I mean, I swam out and shot those photographs, which I think was good to do to both learn the water flow and also sort of document the the first few sessions. But, yeah, watching your concentration and the subtlety at which you're making adjustments – was clear that yeah the board's not easy to ride but once you unlock it with proficiency ooh, it gets into it I mean the the sensation you're getting out was clear so the response was make an adjustment and you'll feel the difference it's making even as subtle as it is but I know that when you serve performance boards the same things are happening but they're hard to see because you're going essentially so much faster or covering such such a more accelerated ground as opposed to it looks like you're standing still until you start to observe what was happening. So that was why I was asking that.
1: Well, I think, you know, a couple of different things is interesting to note. One, I'm riding this board and you're, you're like shooting in or whatever. And you're seeing kind of that process unfolding right in front of you. I want it to look at times uncomfortable or I'm go, I'm experiencing the process of learning. So if I just stood on the board easily, for the first time and was just like da, 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 this is easy then to me it wouldn't have fulfilled part of its role you know what I'm saying like I want to fumble I want to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and then recorrect and recalibrate and that's where the growth is you know the moment you stop um and maybe that's where I could look at it my shortboarding when you're riding in the same style of equipment for too long you maybe become complacent, you you start feeling too comfortable. You're not aware of the subtle improvements that you can make. So therefore, when you go to that board and I'm fumbling around and all of a sudden I unlock something and oh my God, this line feels good or my balance is perfect just for this moment. Boom. That's where the growth is happening. And then you translate that to your shortboard. And that's where I think a lot of, you know, general surfers could benefit hugely in their, you know, say they have, say they ride a thruster. All the time. And they want to continue evolving in the thruster realm, but they feel stagnant. Maybe they can't feel like they can get over a certain hump. I think there's huge benefits to riding something completely different for a bit, changing the way your weight distribution is on the board, changing the way you're looking at the wave, and then get back on the thruster. And you're going to see a different feeling in your feet. So that, to me, is where the process has been insane. It's really... I want to suck at this thing you know but then I want to learn through you want to be a kook essentially that's the most fun thing ever that's why I love snowboarding it's like the best thing ever it's a beginner's mind and that's the beautiful thing about this opportunity is that you can become a beginner again into something that you've done your whole life which is pretty rare like when's the last time you could come in and shape a board well I guess you challenge yourself in a very wide spectrum so it'd be someone like hey I shape shortboards all the time let's get the log out like let's how do you do this and that's where you really are experiencing like those kind of re regrowths, you know, and I think that's a, a lot of, there's a lot of positive attributes to that.
0: Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, personally, I've been challenging myself in my art to this year, particularly, and that's why we walk in through the, the concepts with the multiple parts in the Sunny 100 series of breaking down things that you can apply to your surfing to get more depth out of it. That's the concept. But this is exactly along those lines is ride something so left field or what i like to look at it is if you look at the bookshelf and find these bookends that are essentially extreme but what they do is they highlight these subtleties that then you can come back into the whatever your core focus is say the performance thruster which i love but you take these references that you've learned from being uncomfortable and, and the same in art it's like Okay, there is no good just doing another painting. It's like, okay, what, what, how can I push myself? And it's usually the stuff that keeps you up at night. These ideas of, I don't know how I am going to pull this off, but I am going to, I am going to try this technique and and just watch yourself fail, yeah, and yeah. then surprise yourself with like, whoa, oh. I, I've had conversations even just the last couple of weeks, even with a bunch of people whose careers in art I really respect, and surprisingly, or maybe unsurprisingly, they're doing the same thing, but they've. Finding that it's going through the same process, but you have to challenge yourself. You have to push the boundaries personally because you know where they end and where the comfort, where the comfort stops and the the brave challenges start. And they the in surfing, like there's, <laughs> it's such a personal thing, and therefore such a great canvas to be willing to fail as you learn.
1: A hundred percent. But it's not like, but the interesting thing about that is that you're out in the lineup with a bunch of people and they're, you know, potentially judging you if you're failing. Right. So it's kind of like, you don't want to go out. I mean, I can imagine most general people wouldn't want to go out there and be kooking it, you know, in front of a ton of people. They, once you establish a certain role within the lineup, your local lineup, you kind of want to establish the, you know, you want to maintain it. So I wonder if people would ever feel the openness to go, yeah, let's take me back a couple pegs on the board here start from the bottom again and, and potentially accelerate further up instead of feeling stagnant. Mm. Do you think that people would be open to that?
0: Uh, look, I mean, humanity is a case study that we're not. Y- you want to be accepted, being, feeling vulnerable, the fear of being looked down upon as you progress is, is obvious. It's something you'll stay away from. But when you look at, say, music, you know the artist that finds himself and gathers confidence in a new direction and then weathers the storm as he progresses, becomes something where he is respected. And I don't think, for me, if you surf to be accepted, you're going to run into trouble. And I'm using surfing as the the lens through which to to view this, not problem, but this, this study. But if you surf to be accepted, you're going to either get stagnant, bored, or run into problems and potentially nurse poor technique. But if you surf as an opportunity to discover yourself and to unpack the ocean, yeah, you're going to be cooking it for a long time. But the depth that that would produce will let you be able to walk to the ocean, understand it and have a relationship with it for many, many, many more years on any type of craft with a with a greater understanding of the, the things that to you matter and then you can walk away from getting more out of it. Because that's important. The amount of time we surf... Spend surfing if you're not getting enough out of it, that then you can bring home and apply to your life canvas, relationships and so on. Wow, what a loss! <laughs>
1: I know it's it's a really fun uh, thing to have the ocean just right there. It's a full experiment, like you know I'm saying, and and there's no wrong or right way to do it. I just love throwing out concepts that work, you know, for me personally, and you know, hopefully some people can find some common inspiration in their lives to go out there and. Uh, get their mind opened up to what they're riding and, and yes, yeah, find growth in their own journey. Um, but yeah, like I said before, the the best thing about serving and shaping and anything in life is I'm, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. No one should tell you ever how to do it. And, and there's no wrong way to do it. Just go stand on a piece of foam that's floating or lay down on it and ride forward. <laughs> that's as simple as it gets. And that's a, 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 in 2025 and 2045, it'll still be the same as it was 100 years ago. And, and that's all it. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. They were laying on wood. I
0: love it. But man. it's the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, that feeling really is precious. And I think that's why we spend so much time trying to design things and improve things. But it's the the core essence is so simple and beautiful. And yeah, yeah reminding oneself of that is, is important. I love the fact that you've chosen to do this and yeah, honored to be able to shape that board for you. And I think the the details and the design were mostly down to how long i know this board's going to be around you can break that board in three pieces and keep repairing it the weight's not going to get in the way the the board did weigh 28.7 pounds finished so there was a good target weight in that 30 pound realm i thought was going to be something that we could sort of work towards but yeah this board could be around for hundreds of years i mean mean, it'll
1: definitely be (laughs) and it's important to
0: design that way you know and and yeah, so not wanting it to twist and warp and bend and get all weird over time was important. So the way we glassed it and the stringers we put in and the glass schedule we chose was all um, along those lines to preserve its uh, legacy.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, man, for shaping it. I, I can't tell you how thankful I am to have it. And it's fun to kind of, you know, people come over to the house and I'm like, hey, yeah, grab that thing, take it for a ride, see what you feel. You're going to feel something different. And I think it's uh, it's awesome to have something like that in the quiver and and to share it with people. I mean, that's uh, that's the joy of surfing. So,
0: yeah, and I think going beyond the the norms, the, coming back to that concept of the bookends, making something so ridiculously long that you can't help but have a beginner's mind in approaching how to unpack it, was so beautiful. My mind jumps now to recreating that at say eight feet. Mhm the same and that board ironically will be more difficult to ride because you're going to want to be able to turn it more in the pocket and it's not designed to do that yeah. <laughs> but the, the the trim speed and the sensation you know and so that now has led to oh the intrigue and confidence in certain elements has opened up into oh there's a there's a there's a new branch it's there's a new mind <laughs> open and
1: it, it does that's a beautiful thing man and so i mean pfft, just and that just makes you want to come to work every day, right? I mean, how sweet is that, that you have that passion? And, you know, it's hard to find that for a lot of people in their life, you know, to wake up each day and go to work and try and figure out something that keeps them up at night that they can't stop thinking about it. You know, like, you're like, babe, you know, you're laying in bed and she's just like, what are you doing still up? You're like, oh, my, I just wondering what this boy's going to ride like. <laughs> but that's the way I felt when I had that thing in my garage and I hadn't ridden it yet. Where I'd, I was just like, wow. It's just ah surfing rules i mean we're so lucky to have something like that in our lives or oh i hope it i hope that feeling just never ends where you just kind of you just want to oh you don't know what's waiting for you you know and it can be a one inch wave at santa's it's giving you that juice you know somehow or or like a 40 footer
0: somewhere else <laughs> so yeah you just gotta love it all you know i do love that you're able to ride unbroken waves and i think that's actually going to be the harder part to learn as time goes on but to see how well you can unpack riding a swell and well they're really
1: unforgiving because there's no
0: curl like it's yeah the rate of change from the bottom to the top of the crest of that you know advancing peak is really really difficult to read especially when you can't maneuver as readily (laughs) as you would like to but Oh, I think I think that's going to be some incredible and you look at the guys on the foil boards and they're writing things that we don't understand yet because you're looking at you're reading the swell as opposed to a wave is it's something so difficult to learn but come into the big wave platform as you know navigating those things before the waves even broken letting you in yeah oh, there's there's a there's a wealth of knowledge to be gleaned there.
1: Oh man, the sky's the limit, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a game on. So what are you shaping next? What's the next? I see some foam in here.
0: You can see yeah, we've got some projects on the way. Um, actually redoing another board for Tanner's. He's <laughs> next on the chopping block. So. Asymmetric tour. Yeah, back to the ASIMs. And, uh, you know, that's what's funny about shaping anything is trying to understand how the board should work, you know, applying design and then trying to help you surf the way you stand this one you were standing every which way in a certain position but designing around that length was fun. Coming back to the asymmetry gives you confidence in applying the designs, trying to just unlock things for better performance or improved sensations. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: I think you're on the money. (laughs)